0: I'm Kathy Davidson from Water of Life Church here in Plano. And I thank you for joining our women's meeting. We have a group of women here that are endeavoring to walk in the kingdom of God. And that is walking in the power of God. And we invite you to join your faith with us that God can minister to us and we can see his power work. Let's open with prayer. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. We are going to do something a little different today. I'm going to um, kind of do something a little backwards, but I believe it'll help you because it has helped me more than once. If you would turn with me, though, to 1 Timothy 2, we read it this morning, and it's talking about the women. It says, in like manner also, that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety we don't need to dress like prostitutes i mean you know what i'm going to get real honest now that i can if you're dressing like a prostitute and you're causing a man to want to commit adultery guess where the sin's going to go on you don't need to do that to a man You don't need to have them hanging out. That is not godly women. And if you're doing that to catch a man, you know, what kind of man do you want? If you want a man that's only interested in the way you dress and the way you look and the way you are in certain areas of a house... You want the wrong kind of man. You want a godly man. You want a man that will lay down his life for you and the family to walk with. That's the kind of man you want. So that's the kind of man you got to dress for. Makes sense, doesn't it? And i got one more thing to say. It is amazing how many women I see that make the effort to walk with God and and they and they're reading and they're praying until they find that man. Till they get their hands on a man. And then God, the love of God becomes second place if if second place. And you wonder why it doesn't work out with a man. Kathy, I don't understand. I do. All right. And women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety. I think I'm going to like this, not on radio. Not with brooded hair or gold or pearls or costly array. But, but what do you adorn yourselves with? Which, which becometh women professing godliness. And look at this. But with good works. With good works. You know how fun it is to adorn yourself with good works? And good works means works of faith. That's a good work. They said to Jesus, what kind of work do we do to, 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 to follow you? And he said, this is the work. Believe on who God sent. Believe on me. That's works of faith. That's a good work. Did you see here that that's what we women are supposed to do? That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to have good works. Not just the preachers have the good works. Not just the elders. Not just, not just the, 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 the school staff or the, the church staff. All of us are to have good works. Women with good works. I had the works before I came here to minister. I had 30 years here of getting the works in Frisco when it was bad. Oh, when it was bad. When I would go to the grocery store with $2.10, trusting God I could feed six people with $2.10. And you know what? Every time I could, I'd walk in, they'd have some big special. They would have 10 pounds of chicken quarters for a dollar. Yes! Yes! That's a good work. That's believe in God. That's where we learn how to walk. Now, uh, let's, uh, but with women with good works. Now, we're not going to go to John 10, 35. We know that. But we are going to go to Mark 1. Mark 1, 14. It says, now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel. That's what Jesus preached. That's what we need to preach. We need to preach what Jesus preached. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus said the time is fulfilled. It was fulfilled 2,000 years ago when Jesus said this. The time was fulfilled. What was the time that Jesus came to earth as a man? And now he's on the earth as a man. The time has been fulfilled. Every prophet and the Psalms talked about him coming, and now he's here. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you and believe the gospel. Repent you and believe the gospel. Repent. Repent. Go with me to 2 Timothy. What is this repentance? What is repentance? Repentance. 2 Timothy 2, verse 25. And this is Paul speaking. Let's begin in 24. The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. Not always easy. In meekness, instructing those, look at this, in meekness. It's instructing those that oppose themselves. Did you know you could oppose yourself? You'd be surprised how many times we oppose ourselves. Especially when we first start walking in this. We oppose ourselves every five minutes. I told you, and I've shared it before, my biggest enemy was not the people that were talking about me. My biggest enemy was me. Was my worst enemy, and I had to get over me to walk in the gospel. What did I have to do? That was opposing myself. Oh, Kathy, you can't do this. Oh, you're the dumbest thing on earth. Oh, what you know? I, I, I won't even go into. But it says, oppose themselves. Those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance, and what is repentance to the acknowledging? of the truth. Repentance, one of the aspects of repentance is the acknowledging of the truth. Not always on the ground wallowing in your shame. You know, you could do that and it wouldn't have any repentance at all toward it. How many times has Joel said, he has seen men that, you know, they, 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 they say they repent, they repent, they cry, they howl, they hold it, but they don't acknowledge the truth and they don't repent. That's godly sorrow. I mean, that's worldly sorrow. When you are spending your time in a pity party, that is not repentance. That is worldly sorrow and it gets you no place. And I found out from experience that the pity parties God doesn't attend. God will not attend one pity party. I have invited him and he never came. You know why? He loved me too much to come to my pity party. He loved me too much. Oh, these are going to be different. Now, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God perventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And we just read, repent you and believe the gospel. Now, go with me to Romans 5, verse 6. Romans 5, verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Do you see the last word in that sentence? Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ did not die for the righteous. Christ died for the ungodly. Got that? For scarcely... For a righteous man will one die. Yet, peradventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. We see that in the military, in some of our greatest wars, we have seen men lay down their life for their buddies. Thank God. But, but, verse 8: God commendeth his love toward us. Notice who is commending the love. God Is commendeth. God commendeth his love. God commendeth. That word commendeth. If you don't know what commendeth means here. It means to show. To exhibit. To prove. To prove. Did you know that God has proved his love to you? He proved it. Oh, how many times I have been, when I was growing up, thinking, does God even love me? You know what? I did not know the gospel. The gospel here, God commendeth. He exhibits. He demonstrated his love toward you. He showed it. How many people have you run to, and and, and you women that have dated more than one. You know, the guy says, oh, I love you, with words. But he doesn't show it at all. Doesn't show it at all. Oh, I've run into those. Some of my, you know, women that I've worked with, and, and, you know, oh, Kathy, I love you. And the moment you turn your back, you get stabbed. Words. God demonstrates. God didn't just say it. He demonstrated it. He proved it. He proved it to you. He proved it to everyone. He proved it to you. And it says how that God proved his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God could not come and die for you so he did the next best thing he sent his own son it was God that proved his love to you it was God that proved his love to you by sending Jesus and Jesus dying on the cross it says while we were yet sinners Christ died for us while we were in our worst is when Jesus died for us now To repent, I want you to go to Romans 1. Not forgetting, God proved his love to us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I want to show you who Christ died for. Who Jesus died for. Because sometimes when we are in the heat of the battle and our hearts are a mess and God is dealing with them, we forget who Jesus died for. And when we look at others, we forget who Jesus died for. And I want to show you out of the word of God who Jesus died for. And that is Romans 2. I'm sorry, Romans 2. I'm going to begin in verse 21. We know that God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now who were the sinners? Romans 1. 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful. You know, it says right above that, it says, let's let's go, it says, verse 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood, by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse. I don't know about you, but this Bible says you are without excuse. You knew there was a God. You did. It says right here, the invisible things from the creation of the world are clearly seen. And being understood by the things that are made. And you and I were made. And I can tell you, I knew there was a God from my very earliest memories. As a toddler, I knew there was a God. I didn't talk about him because of what I heard, but I knew there was a God. So I have to say, this verse is absolutely true. And you know what? The word of scripture cannot be broken. So you cannot say that you did not know that there was a God. Deep down. You knew, or God would be unjust. Now, it says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. They became vain in their imaginations, vain, useless, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves now to be wise, they became fools, and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like a corruptible man into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. You know, people say that while those are those people back then, they had idols. We don't have idols now. Uh, Have you ever seen uh, people that uh, idolize their car? They idolize their job, their education, their children, their husband, their wife, their house things that they have in the house, football. Ask God. He'll show you what your idols are. Because we have them. And we're not thankful. You know what? He lets us have them. It says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness. Look at that. God gave them up. In other words, He was keeping you from it until you refused and you were not thankful, and you would not keep God in your your heart, God said, okay, I'm going to give you up to what you really are. I'm going to give you up. He didn't put this on you. You already had it. You already had it in your heart. He didn't have to go anywhere. That lust and that uncleanness was already there said, through the lust of our own hearts to dishonor our own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever for this cause. God gave them up. Gave them up. He was keeping them back. Read it. He was keeping you back. That because we were unthankful and we did not, we did not, um, what is it, worship God, he gave us up. Unto, uh, for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. Did you know you had vile affections in you? Don't raise your hand and don't say you didn't. Because the word said you did. That's why you acted the way you did. That's why I acted the way I did. It says, um, and affections for even their women to change the natural use into that which is against nature. And I'm going to get, since we're not on radio, ladies, if you study that out, that is sodomy. It includes sodomy. Study it. Study the words. It says, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman. Burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over, gave them over to a retrobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient. You know how they're not convenient? We had guilt. That's where it came from. It says being filled with all unrighteousness, all fornication, wickedness. You know, it's not just, it's not just um, sexual immorality. There's a whole list here that God gave us up to. It says fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness maliciousness has nothing to do with sexual immorality but it's in this list God gave us up to it it was already in us God said go for it go for it and we did we went for it covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy murder debate deceit malignity whisperers Did you hear what she said? God have mercy on us. Backbiters. Haters of God. Despiteful. Proud. Boasters. Inventors of evil things. Disobedient to parents. Without understanding. Covenant breakers. Without natural affection. Implaceable. Unmerciful. Now. And it says, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Let's find a whole bunch of us together and let's have a party. Now, repentance under the acknowledging of the truth. That's who Jesus died for. That's who Jesus died for. That's exactly who Jesus died for. I love Romans. It tells you what you are. And then it tells you how it got fixed. It tells you that Jesus died. This is who Jesus died for. He died for the people that did not give thanks and God turned them over to their uncleanness. That's who Jesus died for. That's who Jesus died for. And I'll say this, people have said to me, well, all the homosexuals are going to hell. Are you kidding me? That's who Jesus died for. That's who Jesus died for. Jesus said you must be born again. He did not say you have to clean up your act first and walk perfect before God and be totally delivered of every spirit that's got you bound. He never said that, thank you, Jesus, or we'd all be in hell. He died for the homosexual. He died for the lesbian. He died for us all. For us all. He died for the self-righteous. Thank you, Jesus. He died for those that point the finger. He died for the whisperers. He died for the busybodies. Thank you, Jesus. you know they're in the same list? He died for the murderers. He died. He died for the women that had abortions. He died for them. He died for them. He died for, he died for the kids that have tattoos. That's who Jesus died for. And you say, what does that have to do with repentance? Easy as this. Let's go to to, uh, Romans 3. Let's look at that list. Because it's a separate list. But it's who Jesus died for. Don't you forget who Jesus died for. Uh, Verse 7, Romans 3. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. None that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Oh, I was seeking God my whole life. You know, First John tells us that if, if you say that you have not sinned, then you're a liar, and guess what? That makes you a sinner. None have seeketh after God. Are you going to stand up before God and say this verse isn't true, that you are the only one on this earth that has seeked God all your life? Go for it. Jesus died for you too. They were all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. Do you see that? To God, they have become unprofitable. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God knows we're unprofitable. Isn't that good news? God knows we were unprofitable. We were unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulchre. With their tongues they have used to seek. The poison of asp is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. If you don't believe that, look at an accident on a highway. How many people show up? Destruction and misery are in their ways. In the way of peace. They have not known there was no fear of God before their eyes. And God goes right into, and that's who he died for. He died for the unprofitable. He died for the unprofitable. Have you ever felt unprofitable? When you first start walking in this, that's exactly what you feel like. Unprofitable. Because God takes everything of your flesh and he just messes with it. And it becomes one huge mess. And you look at your flesh and you're not happy because nothing's working. Nothing's working. Why? God's dealing with the flesh. He's taking you from the flesh to the spirit. And it is not fun. Now, where does the repentance come in? The repentance comes in when you are walking with God and something shows up in your heart and you think that's the end right there you can't go on God showed you you had envy I'm done I can't look at me look at me I can't believe this is me yeah really (laughs) I can't believe this is in me I'm done, I'm lost, I'm lost, I'm going to hell. Repent, repent and believe the gospel. What is the repentance? The acknowledging of the truth. What's the truth? Jesus died for that. Jesus died for that. That's the truth. That's repentance. When God shows you your heart, and you don't like you one single bit, you have to repent and believe the gospel. All right, this is in me. Jesus died for this anyway. He died for me anyway. That's repentance. Repentance. That's repentance. Wallowing in your sin isn't repentance. It's godly sorrow. And like I said, God doesn't show up to that one. Repentance is all right. I acknowledge it's there. You died for this. And I am walking on justified, And I am putting this under the blood I am putting this under the blood that is repentance that's repentance believing the gospel when you see you know and and when God starts showing us you think everybody sees it Uh nobody sees it nobody cares they get the wrong And if they do care, God will deal with that too. The the, the repentance is getting it under the blood. Repentance is walking justified. But the sin is all over me. The blood's all over you too. And if you must believe, when Jesus shed that blood, when he took it up to heaven, whatever is in you at this very moment was covered, was paid for. That's repentance. That's repentance. Acknowledging the truth. And the truth is, Jesus died for me when I had this. Jesus justified me when I had this. Jesus sanctified me with his blood when I had this. Do you see when your sin was covered? When you were in the middle of it. When you were in the middle of it, is when he shed that blood. Oh, when we get that kind of repentance, things change. Things happen. And the money doesn't stop for six weeks because we got to overcome our souls. No, we repent and we get right back on that blood bought body. Amen. Those of you that are listening and you want this, how can you, how can you not want it? How can you not want everything that keeps you awake in the middle of the night dealt with and taken away? Taken away. Some of our heartache is because of our own sin, our own actions. Jesus can take it away with the blood. He can take it all away. How do you get it? You must be born again. You must put the man that died for you in all that sin in you. And he wants that. You know what's lovely about Romans 5? It says, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Think about that for a second. Where sin abounds... Grace does much more abound. Do you know what that means? If the sin is worse, the grace is greater. Where the sin gets worse, the grace gets greater. It doesn't matter what the sin is, the grace is always greater. That grace in the gospel is always greater. Always greater. Thank God. Thank God that grace is always greater. And it's greater than unbelief. And it's greater than condemnation. It's greater. Grace is greater than condemnation. Grace is greater than unbelief. Grace is greater greater amen if you'd like to be born again pray this with me Jesus come into my heart be Lord of my life become my shepherd I believe that you were raised from the dead and if I don't believe that you'll help me believe it he will always help you lead me guide Me fix me, and he will. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Anyone need prayer? Amen. I get thanks, Jesus. I get thanks. Jesus. I get thanks, father, I thank ye. I get thanks, father, I thank ye. I get thanks, father, I thank ye. I get thanks, father, I thank you. I get thanks that every one of the gifts, every one of the promises, every one of the things that Jesus paid for on the cross is ours is ours. Is ours. To every one of us women, everything that you paid for on the cross is ours. We don't have to ask if it's your will. It's ours. Prosperity is ours. It is not for some, it's for all. Justification is ours. It is not for some, it's for all. It's for all. Security is ours. Jesus paid for it. For all. For all. We don't have to ask, Lord, is this your will that you heal me? He proved it. He healed you. You got to fight for it. That's all. You got to use your faith, repent, and fight for it. It's yours. It's not only promised, it's been paid for. Paid for. And you know what, women? It's been paid for our family too. Get in the trenches and fight for our children. And fight for our parents. Fight for them. Fight, fight, fight. I've been nose to nose with the devil about my family. And you know what? God answers every time. Why? The gospel's for them too. Whether they like it or not. Whether they like it or not, something that really always, always ministers to me is John Newton. He said he was the worst of the worst of the British sailors and they were pretty bad. He was the worst of the worst. Would get people in trouble on purpose, on purpose, To to get them flogged, to get them hurt. And then God showed up. The spirit of grace showed up on that ship and he said for 11 hours that spirit of grace Minister, Talk to him. Talk to him. You know what? When that is, God puts you in a situation, he couldn't run. He was steering the ship through a storm. Where's he going to go? He's in the middle of the ocean. Oh, God is so smart. And God worked on him. The spirit of grace. What he didn't deserve. What he didn't ask for. What he got anyway worked on him for 11 hours and at the end of the 11 hours he coughed it up he went to God and he was born again you know what I pray that same spirit in that same power shows up in my kids shows up in my family Shows up in the cousins and the uncles and the aunts. And anybody around me shows up and does the same thing. Presses them in the spirit until they can't take it anymore. And they shout, Jesus! I see it in my, I see it in my family. They're not, you know, but it's working. It's working. Amen? I think that's all for today. See you next week. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, post office box eight six one. 327 Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.